Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. You are looking at Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis coming at you this week. Jeff Hartman is somewhere. I'm sure he is looking extremely tan at this moment um, from his vacation time. Uh, we were hoping to also have Tony Defio with us this week. Uh, right now we're experiencing some, uh, some technical difficulties with Tony. Uh, if we can get him straightened out, he'll be jumping in later. But if not, you're going to be with just Brian and I for tonight. So, Brian, how are you doing on this wonderful evening? Dude, I am rocking and rolling. I'm rocking the Casbah. The Shreef might not like it, but I'm feeling really good. It's good to see you. Um, I'm sure Jeff right now is having a grand old time. I'm sure he's wearing Speedos and uh, putting on the body oil and flexing everywhere he goes. And so we're going to go ahead and man down the fort and hang out here and talk some Steelers because guess what? The calendar, I looked at it, it is July 18th. Players report July 25th, one week from today. Booyah. There we go. We are one week. When we come here next week, Brian, um, are you going to be back for, for the show next week? Or I used to go be in the woods. I will be in the woods. Um, ah, you will be in the woods. So, so, so you and 22 boy scouts and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, probably a lot less hair. And uh, hopefully no bears, raccoons, possums, and especially skunks. Um, you see me trying to fight a bear, Dave? Um, that, I tell you what, that's an either or right there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you put the money on, Brian or the bear? <laughs> Brian or the bear. Uh, that, that's a good one. But I'm, next week, when whoever's here for the preview, uh, I'm sure I'm, Assuming it'll be Jeff and I, and who knows where else is gonna what else is gonna happen with that. We will be talking about Pittsburgh Steelers in Latrobe at St. Vincent College. Run test should be over because I'm pretty sure that's the one thing they do on move-in day. I'm um, I'm hoping we'll be able to. We're not talking about helicopters and limousines and that's other so things nice. like that. That we're just talking about. Here they are. And kumbaya. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you mentioned Speedos. You you a Speedo man, Brian? You know what? I wore Speedos <laughs> back in the 80s. Yeah. I, I, but I was like 135 when I graduated from uh, high school and probably 145 when I graduated college. So I could pull off Speedos back in the day. Um, no one needs that now. I, oh, I promise. Uh, plus, uh, you know what? We're going to get a sneaker and hot dog comment if I keep talking about me wearing Speedos. So let's not <laughs> do that to these poor people. Yeah, the only people I know that wear Speedos are my size or larger, it seems. Um, it's funny. You said you were 135. Brian, I was. I had to lose 30 pounds to get down to 135 in order to play football in sixth grade. Wow. I had to, I had to drop that, that weight in order to play against eighth graders. But that's just uh, – that's just the way it is for, for, for being a big guy. But let's let's move on with stuff here. We we've got some Steeler news. You know, we said no news is good news, and we have pretty much no news except the little bit of news that we do have is some pretty interesting news. So the first thing that we want to talk about, just briefly here with some Steelers news, is is a story that came out. I'm trying to remember, Brian. You might have to help me out with exactly who, who uh, with who the interview was with, but it was with James Connor talking about 
um, his experience with his diagnosis of cancer. And I want to turn this over to you because this is something, especially today, that this is something that I'm really want to hear you talk about this and give your thoughts. Well, you know, I can't remember. Thanks, Dave. I can't remember who exactly he did the interview with. I don't know whether he is a performer and a former baseball player. Um, it, it was pretty interesting, but it seems like they knew each other at Pitt. Um, but it was a really in-depth interview. And we've known James Conner's story for a long time. Um, we've known, I mean, a lot of us, uh, you know, knew all about it when it was happening because we knew about the uh, MCL injury against uh, Youngstown State in the opener in 2015. We knew that he was trying to come back. Um, and then we knew that uh, the diagnosis came out. Then six months later, he says, I'm cancer free and he's playing again. And we celebrated him for that and which we really should have um, because that's something that he worked really hard to get back. Um, being the warrior that he was, and that's something that he will never lose as uh, as that label was cancer survivor. That is that is definitely a club that is a very special club if you go through that diagnosis. And he talked about going through the diagnosis and hearing that he had one week to live if he did not get it taken care of right away. And that is just something really, really, I mean, that, that's, that hit me in the face because can you imagine hearing that news, the C word that you have cancer? And on 16, 16 years ago today, on July 18th, 2003, I received those words. I, uh, I have an article coming about, out about it, uh, talking about James Conner, talking about myself, um, which uh, the only comparison is the fact that we went through um, something similar. Um, I, uh, something that it was an awkward situation for me because I knew something was going on. Um, the doctor would not look me in the eye, but he said to me of all things, and it's something I laugh at and I laugh at now. And I laughed then because I was very nervous, but he looked at me and this was back in 2003 and you know, what was going on the tour de France? It was, we paid attention to the tour de France back then. So he looks at me and goes, well, doesn't really look at me, but says, you ever hear of Lance Armstrong? And I was like, what? What? That's how you're telling me. Try, trying to man it up as much as you can for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's like being on a cruise ship. The captain comes on and says, folks, you ever see the movie Titanic? You know, when that happens, it's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, I, so, yeah. Okay. I can, I can see the comparison. So... That hit me like a ton of bricks when it happened. I was 31 years old. Um, I got the news and then immediately everything flooded in my head. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to die? Um, how am I going to tell my family? And that's one thing that James Connor said that really hit home with me. He was like, how do I tell my bros? And when he's saying his bros, he's not talking about his friends. He has four older brothers that uh, they were athletes in high school. They were never athletes in college. And how am I going to tell them? How do I tell them that their little brother's going to die? And the only time that I cried this entire experience was telling my mother. It was the toughest thing. I told my dad I was fine. Telling my mom was, was just incredible. Um, so 
with that being said, when I heard the James Conner news and I thought about what I went through on this day, I mean, when it's ha- when I'm just reading about it, I, I just started reading about it uh, uh, two days ago, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so close to the anniversary. And I celebrate it every year. I mean, not celebrate. I don't post on Facebook. I don't tell people about it, but I celebrate it in my mind, knowing where I was then and where I am now. And you think about where James Conner was then and where he was now and what's going on in his head. It's a lot of mental stuff when you hear that kind of news and you're hearing about it and you're thinking, I I don't know what's going to happen next. Can I get through this? And here's the thing. I was actually, um, I did say to the doctor, I said, all right, what do we do now? And I was ready to, I, right there, I was just ready to go. I was like, all right, I made a decision right there. Whatever we have to do, we're going to do. And we did. Six days later, I had surgery. I had another surgery at Johns Hopkins um, about six weeks later. Um, a couple weeks later, I found out I was cancer-free. At the same time, I was going through a divorce. Um, all this was happening at once. At the end of the year, on New Year's Eve, I called my family I said to my mother, I, happy New Year's, mom. And she said, I bet you you're glad this year's over. You had the worst year of your life. And I'm like, no, I had the best year of my life. And the reason that I call it the best year of my life, people came out of the woodwork. People that I didn't know were my friends, people that I didn't know cared about me, came out. And they didn't go back in. You know, some did, but most of them stayed. And I really realized my worth on this earth. And I hope James Conner, and I really, I'm really sure he does, knows his worth on this earth. So at the end of March, I took my nephew to an autograph signing in Chantilly, Virginia, and I got a chance to meet James Conner. And I, I mean, it's a quick line you go through. Nicest kid in the world, by the way. I mean, automatically love this guy, the way he is in person, just a fantastic person. But I said, hey, I'm a, I'm a survivor too. And he looks at me and goes, really? He said, how are you doing now? I'm like, I'm doing good now. I, I, I'm doing really good, 16 years. He's like, wow, God bless you, man. And he was ge- as genuine as could be. So I bring that up. I mean, it might be narcissistic to talk about it, um, but it's something I wanted to share with BTSC because you all are my family. And everybody that's on that comment section, everybody that's in the live chat is, uh, we share every week together. And it's something that, if I didn't know, if you knocked me on the head and I had amnesia, I'd look down and say, why do I have this scar? And that's pretty much about it. But with that being said, when I heard that news, it was something that just really made me feel so much more closer to James Conner, the athlete, and made me think that, hey, we think way too much about athletes sometimes as far as uh, their flaws. And this is just, James Conner is a triumph of the human spirit. And whatever he does, I'm supporting. If he fumbles twice in a game, I also know what he's gone through when he's laying in bed at night, wondering how he's going to get through this, when he's figuring out how to tell people. So um, this is a big anniversary for me, 16 years. Um, I, I expect to have many more of them. But I just wanted to bring that up. and. We need to celebrate James Conner so much more, not just for the uh, 12 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns that we're sure he's going to get that he did last year, not for the Pro Bowl appearance, but for 
who he is as a person on this earth. So I just wanted to bring that up. Thanks for the forum. Hey, I'm really glad that you shared that with us, Brian. I know sometimes that uh, that we're we're really focused on the football and everything, but 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 this is it, it, this is important, and this was something that that uh, allowed you to share how you understand how things went through. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm cheapening anything or or stepping it back at all, but the one thing about the whole James Conner thing that that I noticed was I I read the exact quote from him. And then I read some stories about it and some headlines, and and there was two words added to headlines that weren't actually in the quote. Now it might have been that he explained it later, but I'm not sure. And that was the words "to live." That his original quote said that he only had about a week left, but he didn't say the words "to live." And I'm not saying I. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to misconstrue it, but I'm. I mean I don't know if it meant that James Conner was going to be gone in a week. Or if in a week's time things would have progressed so much that he would have reached the point of no return that the treatment wouldn't have worked. I'm not exactly sure there, but uh, regardless, I mean, you, you're talking about one week, and then wh- whether he would have been gone in that week, or he would have been a point to where he it, it was, or if it was that point of no return, and and he could have been gone, you know, and just in months after that. Well, you know, he did the, say he is, and he's playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's a Pro Bowl player. You know, he did say, at the rate this is growing, that's one thing that the doctor said, at the rate this is go- growing, if you don't get help immediately, if you don't get, get this treated immediately, you have one week. So that's, I kind of construed it that way. Um, so, I mean, maybe that needs some more interpretation, but, you know, that, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I was just, I don't know if that's, a, you know, I, I don't want to find out later on when when he's he's retired and out of the NFL and has 15 Pro Bowls and seven All-Pros and and most importantly, 12 Lombardi trophies that um, that after his time with the Steelers is over and, and the book comes out that you find out, well, it wasn't that I'd had a week to live. It's that I had a week until it was no return. And then I only had a month after that, which would still be just the same story, in my opinion. I just, you know, sometimes people just grab something like that and run with it, but I don't I, think it matters. I get that. I just think he had one week until he until cancer was what was going to be what did him in. It's a and triumph. I mean, he triumphed. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's and all I need to celebrate. Exactly. So uh, the only other Steelers news we had was there. Were, I know some players were upset with Madden rankings and some top 100 players. Uh, I mentioned a little bit last night on the Steelers burning question, but uh, I'm, I don't. I don't play Madden. I'm not really into that. I know. I know some people were were criticizing players who were upset about it. I'm not going to do that either. I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, I know the one 100 top 100 players. I think it was from CBS. Did not include David DeCastro, but other Steelers. In my opinion, that, that makes the whole list worthless. So I don't really have anything I want to say unless you wanted to mention anything with that, Brian. Yeah, you know it's, what's funny about that. Do you remember when Juju um, had the 97-yard um, reception against Detroit right before Halloween? Um, back in 2017 and right after it he said yeah they say i'm not fast because my madden my madden rating is only this and they immediately madden (laughs) immediately upped his rating just like that so it's it's bragging rights because those guys play like crazy you know why i don't play madden because i have an addictive personality 
<laughs> if I start, I used to play Tecmo Bowl, and everybody mm -hmm. remembers Tecmo Bowl back in the day. Super Tecmo Bowl, it was amazing. And I used to play that like crazy. And the year I had it back in 95 was awesome because that's when the Steelers went to the Super Bowl, and I had it that season. And I'm playing with Rod Woodson was just amazing on that thing. You had Barry Foster on there. Bam Morris was just a load. It was it was so fun. Um, and but I didn't stop playing. I I just I would go through seasons like 16 games and do a season like in two days, <laughs> and so I would do yeah. that with Madden. So that's the reason I don't play. I know exactly what you mean. It's one of those things that once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it. It's once you get started, it's it's going. Um, I'm um, I'm I'm the same way with Reese's cups. Um, you don't want to start <laughs> with one Reese's cup because next thing you know, you're eating 25. So uh, we're going to move on to the stat geek real quick. We're going to do this one pretty fast. Um, especially since it looks like uh, we just got a message from Tony that his technical difficulties are not going to be able to be resolved in order for him to get on. Um, we'll see if we can work that out another time. And hopefully Tony can, can we, we want to get him here on YouTube. I know the hangover is looking to, to, to possibly move to YouTube. I was kind of disappointed, Brian. I was ready to introduce you guys as Ric Flair and on and Arn Anderson because <laughs> you know Somebody I listened to Hangover. So Woo! I knew exactly who to call you guys. So uh for tonight's stat geek, we're gonna kind of kind of uh trick one to to dabble with what was talked about last night with a burning question. Um and, and I'll ask that burning question once we're done with this. And that was um dealing with um all pro players. Um so I'm going to ask you real quick. This is the easy one. How many all on the current Steelers roster? How many All Pro players do they have? None. They don't have any. No, doesn't have to be from last year. But meaning, have ever made All Pro first team All Pro? I would say. Uh, well, see if you can name them, because that's what I was going okay. to ask you to do next. I would say David DeCastro and Joe Hayden have made All Pro in their careers. Okay, Joe Hayden. I had to look that one up because, like you say, when he did his stuff in Cleveland, not for the Steelers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. when he did his stuff in Cleveland. Okay, he was because I, I I did not know that one because it was coming from somewhere else. But he has not made All Pro. David okay. DeCastro did make All Pro in 2015 and 2017. Okay. Anybody else? I'll I'll, I'll tell you. There's three. So David mm. DeCastro. I know it's not Boswell. It's not um, Boswell. Ben's made one, hasn't he? No, Ben Roethlisberger Ben's has never, never been all pro. We talked about that. For, I talked about that for a little bit last night because they only take one quarterback from the whole league. Oh, so Pouncey you know, with, has... yeah, with, yes, Pouncey in 2011 and 2014. He's a two-time all pro. And the last one is interesting. I'm going to tell you and see if you can remember. This player in 2017, because there was four Steelers that were all pro in 2017, two of Ryan which are, or, or, are no longer. No, it wasn't Shazier. Just wait. Mm. Just wait. I'm going to give you the hint. The player did not make the Pro Bowl to start, but got elected first team all pro because of the way his position was defined in a 3-4 defense. Do I have you stumped? So 2017. Yes. Um, I guess it would have to be Cam Hayward. 
That would be correct. It was Cam Hayward because um, I mentioned last night he was originally let listed as a defensive end. So therefore, for pro for for Pro Bowl, he was going up against the JJ Watts and the out and the edge rushers of a of a four three defense, and he was not elected to the Pro Bowl, but he was elected as an interior defensive lineman um, to All Pro. So therefore, he was then added to the Pro Bowl. Um, later on as they had people that, that weren't doing it. But my question was going to be that all, all pro, I thought was easy. What about pro bowlers, current Steelers that have been to a pro bowl? Do you have any oh, idea how many they are? Oh. You oh, can yeah. throw out a number or you can just start naming them. I'll check them off for you. See, if Tony, would, if Tony would, naming start, them. I was going to have you bounce back and forth naming them and, until somebody ran out or got one wrong. That was how we were going to do it. But with just right. you, well, I know the answer, so I just got to have you list it. So, all right, I'll just, I'll we, just go ahead. Let's, let's start with the uh, – let's start on offense. Well, actually, let's start okay. on special teams because there's one, yep. and it's going to be Chris Boswell. That's correct. Did I lose you, Brian? One of us is frozen. I am not sure um, if it is you or if it is me. Uh, now that I'm looking at it, I do believe that it is you. So I'm just going to have to, to, to go from here. So here we go. Steelers pro bowlers. I really wanted to let Brian uh, list these off, but it looks like that that just might not be the case going on. So... Um, I don't know that I'm sure I don't know that Brian could even hear me. So the answer for those of you out there listening, there was actually um, actually 12 Pro Bowlers for the Steelers um, on on offense. Well, let no, let's just go by who had the most um, and we'll see if 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 we can get Brian back. We have uh, the leader for the Steelers in Pro Bowls is Marquise Pouncey with seven followed closely by Ben Roethlisberger with six. Okay, the, the thing that's interesting about Marquise Pouncey, um, <laughs> the thing, I'm sorry, I'm just checking the live chat. Uh, the, 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 the thing that's going on with, with Marquise Pouncey is the only two years he did not make the Pro Bowl was in 2013 and 2015. In 2013, he only played eight snaps in the season in the season opener against Tennessee in the opening drive and then suffered the injury down close that down close to, to the end zone. And I think we might have Brian back now. That was weird. <laughs> you were just talking and, and you said Chris Boswell, and then you went to go and you just froze. I started to list a oh. little bit, but I'm going to let you go. You ready? I, I got all the way to the defense. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got all the way to the defense. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to tell you the one thing I was talking about was, was the, the player that has the most. The player that has the most is actually Marquise Pouncey with seven. And I was just mentioning the only two years he has not made the Pro Bowl was 2013 when he played eight snaps before he got injured for the season. And in 2015 when he was injured um, against Green Bay in the preseason in a game that I will always remember because it was the first time I dressed up my newborn son who was just born the day before in the Steelers stuff, watching that game in a Pouncey jersey in the hospital only for Pouncey getting knocked out for the season. So you okay. have Chris Boswell and I wait, gave wait, you Marquise wait, wait, Pouncey. Hold on a second, Dave. Dave, let me go real quick. I'll just buzz through this. 
I was going to yep. go Pouncey and two other linemen. Um, of course, DeCastro, Villanueva, Ramon Foster should have made it, but never has. No tight ends. You have two running backs, Rosie Nix. You have James Conner. You have one That's wide receiver, correct. Juju Smith-Schuster, and you have Ben Roethlisberger. If we go over to the defensive side of the ball, we're going to be looking at on the defensive line, the only one we're going to go with is Cam Hayward because Stefan Tuitt has never made it. Hargrove has, Hargrave has never made it. TJ Watt's been there. Um, Vince Williams has not. Um, I do not believe Mark Barron has ever made it. So I'm not going to say him. Ryan Shazier, if um, he's yeah, still I on him the Because team. he's still technically so, on the roster. So You're... we'll go ahead with him. We'll go Joe Hayden. That is correct. And um, I'm not going to go Steven Nelson, so I think I'm going to stop right there. You are, And you are stopping at the perfect spot. And as the people already on here heard, but you did not, that final answer is 12. So 12 current Steelers that are are have at, have at least one Pro Bowl. And like I said, Marquise Pouncey leads away with six. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, no, sorry, Marquise Pouncey has seven. Ben Roethlisberger has six. And David DeCastro has four. Everyone else has either two or one. So with that, I'm going to real quickly ask you the burning question from last night. Which Steelers player has the best chance to make All-Pro in 2019? I'm going to say James Conner. Excuse me, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. You're going to go with Juju. All right. That's great. I, I, I broke them down into three categories. I went with ones that have made All-Pro before, and I said David DeCastro has the best shot. Then I went with players that have made a Pro Bowl. I said I think T.J. Watt, because I think he can move ahead of his yeah, brother this you know year. What? Yeah, I really and think then, he can. And then my long shot, which was someone who's never even been to a Pro Bowl, you're going to like, like this. I said it's a long shot, but I could see it happening, was one Devin Bush. You know what? Um, I was thinking that, that too. Yeah, that would, that, that would be a lot of fun. So from that, Brian, I'm going to pass it over to you because uh, I think it's about time we actually get to the title of the episode now that we've got you back. And I'm going to let you talk about this a little bit more because this is a little bit more your baby. All right, we're excited about camp. Everybody is. It's one week away, and we have the expectations of what is going to happen in camp. So I want you to dig deep down. What is the best-case scenario happening in camp? What is the worst-case scenario? So if we go ahead and take a look at this, when I did this last year, we uh, off the top of my head, one of them was on Chris Boswell. And it was Chris Boswell signs a new contract to stay in Pittsburgh for the remainder of his career. That's the best case scenario coming out of camp. The worst case scenario was Chris Boswell signs a new contract, but tanks, <laughs> basically. And takes the money. And, that one, Brian. <laughs> and uh, boy, I, I didn't want to be right. But yeah, we hit the worst case scenario. So if you look at it this way, um, we can go ahead and start off on the offensive side of the ball. And the best case scenario is for me, Juju Smith-Schuster takes over as wide receiver number one and gets enough help from the, from the rest of the stable of receivers and the Steelers do not miss a beat from losing Antonio Brown. But the worst case scenario is Juju gets double teamed no one else steps up, and Antonio Brown is 
really missed. And that trade just uh, the, it blows up in their face. That's funny because I was going to go a very similar route. But first of all, you're using a name you're not allowed to use on this show. And <laughs> oh. I don't know about on this show, but at least, but I'm thinking back because uh, I filled in for Jeff on the standard is the standard. And because of the way I referred to him, Lance Williams renamed the artist formerly known as AB84. And his new <laughs> name that we are going to call him from now on is Mr. Third and Fifth. <laughs> so that, you know what, Dave? Because that's what he is to the Steelers now. He's a third and a fifth. So that's Jeez. what it was. So that's that's his new name if you're looking to, to pass it. But what, what I want to say, best case scenario, I was going to be very similar, but I wasn't going to make it about Juju. I was going to say for the offense, the best case scenario is that after Juju, the rest of the receivers core, the rest of the receiving core is so good and so solid. The reason the Steelers don't have a number two is because they're all number two and that they're fighting to actually get the guys on the field because they're all performing so well. And they're having fits spreading that ball around and Juju's not getting that big in numbers because they're all that great. And then of course, our, our worst case scenario is basically the same thing where instead of there's instead of there being no number two receiver, not because they're also doing such a good job is that nobody has stepped up into it. And Juju is getting constantly covered by multiple players and the best defensive player uh, on the other team. And it's just making uh, the offense just kind of sputter. So I have to agree with that one. That, I, I like that one. I think for the offense, that's a pretty solid, Pretty solid uh, best and worst case. Here's another one, Dave. And it concerns the offensive line. So the best case scenario is even with the departure of Mike Munchak, Sean Sterrett comes in and keeps the dominance of an offensive line with three existing pro bowlers on that line, keeps them together, and they don't miss a beat. But the worst case scenario is injuries injuries pop up. Sterrett doesn't have the Munchak magic and that team, that, uh, that line is a middle of the road line leading Ben Roethlisberger to get murdered. Yeah. I probably should have jumped in and rather than talked about Not yours in the same way, but figured well, out. yes, I know what you mean. Um, that, that I should have jumped in and I should have just taken that route as well as, as one to go is that, yeah. Well, instead of having a, a, a three man battle for right tackle, it's a no man battle for right tackle. No one steps up and grabs it. Um, or so many injuries start decimating. That's the biggest thing with this offensive line. They're up there. They're a great offensive line, but if that's, that's the problem with, veterans, as I use air quote, is that not literal veterans like Big Al, but I mean, veteran players that have been in the league for a while was that you never know when they're going to get dinged up. And it's, I, I know he's been with the team longer than Munchak was, but it's a lot for coach, the proper way I was told to say it was Surrett, um, to then have to groom guys to step right in right away. Surrett. Surrett. Yes, that uh, I, I think they can. They've got so much depth that I feel like a lot of guys would have to get hurt in order for it to not work. But you just don't even want to 
want want to even mention that as something coming out. So I think those are some good ones for the offense. You got anything for the defense there, Brian? Well, well, let me further on that. Um, I don't know. Well, if let you're me on talk mute or if you're breaking up. There you are. Okay. Let, let me mention one more thing about the offensive line. I don't think guys like David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, and Alejandro Villanueva and Ramon Foster are going to uh, let them de- be defined by a coach that left. So I think uh, they love that guy, but they don't want to be defined by the fact that they were the munch bunch. They want to be defined as being the dominant players that they are. So I do not think that we are going to have Surrett's syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it didn't break up and that I could hear the whole thing. That was a good one. Uh, oh, there you go. Come on. Get to the defense. Come on. Great. Uh, <laughs> hey, th- th- this is this is an easy one, and it's a quick one. Defensive rookie <laughs> of the year, Devin Bush. Best case scenario. You have a Pro Bowl defensive rookie player of the year. Worst case scenario is he struggles to uh, he struggles to find his way as a pro and just becomes a mid level player and not the savior that of the defense that they think he's going to be. I I think that's a really good way to start. I'm doing my best to pay attention to you, but when one Jeff Hartman jumps into the live chat in order to ask if he missed the discussion on who will reach the touchdown zone the most in 2019. <laughs> um, I'd have to, but I have to throw it out to crazy Chris, crazy Chris brought it up first uh, using the super chat feature um, about me needing the touchdown zone shirt. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, you need to catch last week's show. You will hear you know about what? the touchdown zone a lot. I didn't let Brian live it down the very next day. I had a nice little meme coming to him. Um, I wish I could really show it, but uh, it had Brian's well, face on it. It was fantastic. I took it in stride, and I own it. And look, I was rolling with what I was saying, and for some reason, end zone popped out of my head. I've been watching football for 40 years, and instead of the end zone, I just said, touchdown zone. And I'm never going to live it down. So crazy, Chris. Hey, we'll make those shirts, but jokes on all of you. I'm going to copyright it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you are going to own it. And while we're at it, I do want to say that there there are there was something else in the in the in, under the super chat. And I, I've got to say this because we got two pounds, not two dollars. <laughs> oh no way, we got two, two pounds. pounds from Peter Cahill. Um, early right. on in the sheet saying, fingers crossed, no major injuries in training camp. You know what? We're not even going to talk about the whole best to worst case scenario being with the injuries. We're going global. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, there we go. Because everybody knows, everybody knows that the, be- the the ultimate best case scenario and worst case scenario coming out of training camp is best case, everybody's healthy. Worst case, just so many injuries, we don't even know what we're going to do. So we're not even going to go there. We're just going to leave that alone because that's what we want to do. When we talk about defense, it's funny because that's where I almost wanted to skip to because certain positions like outside linebacker, you know, we're expect we said TJ Watt could possibly be all pro. If something happens to him, that's when things really start to get thin. But I really liked your Devin Bush one. I mean, best case scenario is is we're, is that we have another Steelers linebacker in the discussion uh, for defensive rookie in the year. But yeah, or he could just be a guy. Is the worst case scenario me? 
I'm I'm all about that best case scenario. I I I have so much optimism this time of year. Um, I am ready to go. I'm going to say uh, the best case scenario is that there is such a battle on the defensive line that especially with the Steelers going with sub package football, you're just how are you going to get guys on the field? Like already. Last night with the burning question, a lot of people were, were really big and were on, on uh, Javon Hargrave. And he had a fantastic season last year, but the problem was he just wasn't on the field enough. He only played about 45% of the snaps last year because even though it was very rare that the Steelers were using a nose tackle, less than a third of the time, but they still got him in there a defensive tackle. But if you're putting him on the field, then you're talking about taking off either Cam or Stefan Tuitt. You've got Tyson Aloualu. You've got the um, – the the as Jeff would say it um, got some kind of bad pictures on somebody shade tree Daniel McCullough's still in the mix but you also got the sixth round steal of Isaiah Bugs I think the best case scenario is that you can't find you're you're having fits splitting up those snaps between those defensive linemen but the worst case scenario is. Cam has been dinged in the past. Stefan Tuitt's been dinged in the past. Next thing you know, the Steelers are trying to trying to scare, scrape together enough defensive linemen uh, just to get by and get through the season. What do you think about that, Brian? You know what? Uh, that's that's really true. Um, we've seen Cam go down to that uh, Dallas game in 2017. Um and he missed what the next seven games in the playoffs. Uh, that's a guy you would have really would have loved to have had against New England. Um, but hey, I'll take the embarrassment of riches. If you have problems getting guys like Javon Hargrave on the field because you're getting good play um, and the sub package is working and you have a top 10 defense. Um, and for me, a top 10 defense, I don't care about anything as far as defense except for points per game. That's where I rank guys, um, where I rank uh, teams. All I care about is points per game when I'm talking about defense. Um, yards, not so much. Um, so with that being said, yeah, that's a good best case, worst case scenario. Uh, yeah. Do, do you have another one you want to throw out? Do you want to do a special teams ones or do you want to? Yeah, I have for... one for special teams. And this is, this okay, is uh, one that's really special to me. Um it's a uh, best case scenario. Danny Smith Jr. wins the lottery and retires immediately. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Steelers worst case scenario. Because I don't know about everything else, but that guy can dial up a pretty good yeah, punt block. You know what? That guy <laughs> knows how to. Th that's true. He can really yeah. block a punt. And, and uh, return he, a punt he, than block a punt. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario is that, uh, that it gets worse. The special teams gets worse. I mean, we need to see a touchdown on special teams. We haven't seen one in a long time. Uh, I think the last, if I'm not mistaken, the last one was probably week 17 Juju's, um, rookie year. Yeah. Against you, Cleveland. That's exactly that's what I was saying. That's the one I'm pretty sure was Juju's kick return against, against, uh, against, Cleveland. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. I'm going to, Hmm, let me see here. I keep getting distracted by this, by this guy, BTSC 
Steelers radio in the live chat <laughs> talking about how awful these guys are and how much we miss Jeff. Um, for those of you that don't know that, it's, it's Jeff that's saying these things. Um, Everybody misses Jeff, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that best case scenario, I'm just going to – you did a great special teams one. I'm going to just do one overall for the whole team. Best case scenario – when people were doubting the Steelers, oh my goodness, did I just see Tony Defio come in to do oh, the conversation? Look at this. Oh my look goodness. at this. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. You can so, do your introduction, Dave. Oh yes. I don't know how well we can hear us. We'll see if he's if if he's technically there. We'll see if we ever hear from him. But my introduction was that I am very pleased to be with uh, the Ric Flair of BTSC, along with the Arn Anderson of BTSC. Tony, do you have us there? We got your picture. Do we have any audio? Are you with us? I can hear you guys. I can't believe uh, you're still on the air. It took me an hour to figure this out. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Brian. We, uh, um, I, I, I think his winded. record was set earlier tonight with about, I think he went about eight minutes um and straight but uh no i don't know if that's really true or not but uh we were we were just finishing up uh what we thought was best case worst worst case scenarios we did some offense we did some defense brian did a special teams i was just going to do one for the whole team my best case scenario is people were down on the steelers and they use that and they come out and show them exactly the kind of team that we all know that they are and my worst case scenario is people were down on the steelers and the steelers prove them right. So <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. Let me jump in on that real quick, Dave. Um, I will, uh, I will go ahead and add a worst case scenario to it. And the worst case scenario is that by mid season, we have hashtag fire Tomlin and, uh, Tony has so many death threats coming in <laughs> because of <laughs> any articles protecting Mike. So, what do you think about that, Tony? The death threat part? Uh, it's, it's probably pretty predictable. Yeah, I can see that happening because I'm going to defend Tomlin. <laughs> unless you're 4 and 12, I'm going to defend him because he's the second winningest, winningest coach in the NFL right now. So why, why should he be fired, right? You know, forget the hashtag trauma stuff. Yeah, we, we, we know where that's going to go. I'll be honest with you. People people want to want to talk about this with Mike Tomlin. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin is a very good coach. I do not think he makes every correct decision. I think we all know, based on his history of challenges, that uh, we would just be happy if he won a couple of those. Um, before we move on, I'm, I'm going to say we we will have – we've already got at least one super chat question coming through on, on the live chat. So I wanted to mention it real quick. If you're on if you're on YouTube now in the live chat, which, of course, um, I, I, I want to see um, – one Jeff Hartman throw out some money here into the super chat feature, and we might actually listen to what he has to say for once. But uh, mm -hmm. um, if you're if, if you're unaware, you can you can enter the live chat, ask us a question right now. We'll take a few of them, and um, whenever you type in your question, if you want to, you can use the super chat feature on the right where you type in your question. It's a little dollar sign. You can donate any amount of money that you want to the show. Um, we're not telling you to do it. We're not asking for it. We're not out here begging for money. It's, it's, it's completely up to you, but if you use it, we will answer your question. And one question that we did get from snowman um, who threw $5 into the tip jar, as Jeff calls it, he wants to know who we all think is going to win the right tackle job. 
So we don't have to go into a big explanation, but uh, Brian, why don't you go first? Who do you think is going to be the starting right tackle week one? At this point, the incumbent is Matt Filer, and I expect him to keep it. There you go. Tony, would you have, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I agree. I think the anchor, he he did really well last year, 10 games starting uh, in place of Marcus Gilbert. So I think he's going to keep the job. I, I, I like what you guys have to say. I think it's his job to lose. And I don't think that – I think he's such a great player. Everyone says he is the strongest guy on the team uh, when they get into the weight room. I don't, um, but I don't know that we can all answer the same thing. So I'm going to say – not not because Filer loses it, but because he was drafted for his athleticism that that Chooks comes out and plays so well that they can't not play him. So um, I think both of those guys could even end up finding some time on the field as an extra tight end or if anybody else goes down along the line. So let's see if we have um, have have any other questions coming in. Come on, Jeff, give us a good question. Um, checking the suit, checking the the, the chat now. Um, Someone asked, and I think it was answered in there, who our center is um, after after um, Marquise Pouncey, and I think we all know that uh, that was answered that uh, that BJ Finney. He's a. What do you guys think of, of Finney as a backup for for the interior lineman? You know what I I like Brian. BJ you want to go first? Yeah, I like BJ Finney a lot. Um, the uh, when he was coming out. Uh, of college, he was considered the third best center prospect and went undrafted. Um, and it, one of the big reasons was the fact that he has uh, pterodactyl arms. He's got like the short arms. But um, I, I think BJ Finney is really good to have there because he's versatile. He could play both sides, uh, not both sides, but he could play both positions. And uh, he could block really well and get the team into the touchdown zone. There you go. Brian brings his own touchdown zone back into it. Uh, Tony, uh, what's your thoughts there on one BJ Finney? Oh, I love him. I'm, I feel totally comfortable when he, when he has to start in place of uh, Marquise or Ramon Foster or, uh, or David DeCastro. I feel, you know, he's, he's uh, symbolic of, of uh, what, what they've developed on an offensive line under uh, Mike Munchak. And I hope they, continued under uh under Sarah. So uh yeah, I, I I feel very comfortable and you know I, I hope uh, uh shoots and uh filer uh, follow suit their versatility. It, exactly. I, I'm gonna say I was shocked that the Steelers were able to keep both Finney and Foster this past offseason. I thought we were gonna be on either or situation with them and the fact that we have them both and Finney is still there to back up the whole way across that interior line is great. And personally I think when it comes to the backup role, if he has to come in in-game, he's actually plays better at guard than he does at center. All right, we've got a bunch of questions coming in here. Um, so we're going to go real quick. Um, expectations for Deontay Johnson and James Washington this season. We're going to go with Tony first. What do you think? As far as James Washington, I think he's going to have a, a breakout year, maybe 40, 50 catches. Deontay Johnson, expectations, I think I think they're going to find a way to, to – uh, Get in the ball like in, in, in spurts, but I don't. I, it's hard to say right now until I see him in the preseason. All right, what do you think, Brian? I'll take twenty-five catches from Don uh, Deontay Johnson. I think that would be great. Um, the expectations 
for him don't need to be huge. What you need to have is Dante Moncrief really stepping up and you really need James Washington to uh, prove that he was a worthy second round pick in 2018. And I really think that he is one of the more focused Steelers coming into camp. I really think that he has a lot to, uh, a lot to gain this year with a great season. And uh, I think Ben believes in him now. Um, they had some growing pains last year. I really like this guy. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think this is the make or break year for James Washington. This is where you got to show were you worthy or were you not? And when it comes to Deontay Johnson, I've said this before, don't be shocked if he's not even active the first couple weeks of the season. Um, that's not going to be a big deal. That It was, I think, week five until Martavis Bryant was active his rookie year. Um, it's it's just what they do. Um, here we go. We got Snowman coming in, throwing five more dollars in, into the tip jar. Um, do the Steelers extend Mike Tomlin's contract before or after the season? Uh, let's go Ooh. Brian this time. Wow. I uh, I kind of think they're going to do it before. Um, I'd like I'm to see, I'd like to see them wait until after. Um, not that he, he needs to prove it here. I just uh, I'd I'd rather he earn it. And now he's earned it. Don't get me wrong. I know that's that's tough for me to say, but for I don't want to hear all this. So they just threw all this money at him, and he can't win. I want him to have a great season, and it happen. Um, but I think he's going to get get it beforehand. All right, Tony, what what do you got? I think he's going to get it uh, end of training camp. I don't think they want that distraction throughout the season. Asking him about it after every uh, after every game, after doing every press conference. I think, you know, they've, they've had distractions the last few years and they don't need another one. So I think they're going to get it to him right before the start of the season. Um, that would not surprise me one bit. And every time he's asked, he's just going to um, give us a typical Mike Tomlin non-answer um, saying that he's not talking about those kind of things. All right, well, we're going to do one more. And that is, um, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. Uh, Ali wants to know, do you think Ben will do everything in his power to make Johnson's stats eclipse AB to prove a point? Let's go with Tony. Uh, no. no, he's going to spread the ball around like he should without having to worry about throwing it to one person like he has the last few few seasons. He's just going to he's going to spread the ball around. All right, what do you think, Brian? You know what? I love the question, um, but if he does that, that would be foolish. And I don't. I agree with Tony. I don't expect that to happen. Um, he, like I was saying before, he just needs to be a small piece of the puzzle this year, and grow for next year. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say that I don't think he needs to do anything specifically with Deontay Johnson because it's not like he. Deontay Johnson has to do much to outshine what Antonio Brown did as a rookie. You can't compare a rookie to someone who's been in the year or been, been in the league now as long as Antonio Brown is someone who's on the wrong side of 30. Sorry, I said his name again, and, I, and then the question. I need to call him Mr. Third and Fifth. Um, but one thing I, I, I will say is 
who cares about his receiving stats and touchdowns compared to AB? If Ben wants to go out of his way to prove a point to AB, it's going to be through W's and through playoff W's and through Super Bowl W's. That's the biggest way you can prove a point. So uh, that was uh, we got some pretty good questions there. So um, Tony's going to going to now be a part of something that I don't know that he we weren't going to put you on the spot and make you make you have to come up with one of these on your own. But we like to finish off the show every week. This is this is Jeff's idea of something we do in the off season. This is called our our either or segment. It could be Steelers related. It could be sports related. It could be anything related. And when it comes to Brian, we've definitely had some that have been anything related. Now we normally finish up with Brian. But uh, Brian said he was going to volunteer to go first tonight with his either-or question. So, Brian, what do okay. you got? You know what? It's going to be disappointing for your first one because it's not going to be dirty, Tony, so I'm, I apologize. But uh, they've been on the edge before, if you could ask Dave. But um, this one concerns the Steelers, and I've been trying to do more Steeler-type either-or. And I know, Tony, you grew up in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. In the Pittsburgh area. I grew up in Johnstown. So... We watched a lot of TV, a lot of pop culture, commercials. When it when we talk about an iconic Steeler commercial for you, of course, there's Hey Kid Catch. There's Joe Green in the tunnel. Coca-Cola commercial, or is it Raging Rapids with Myron Cope and Jack Lambert mm. for Kennywood? This for me? Yeah, for you, not just in you, your yeah, eyes. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh. You answer this one first, Tony. Oh, it's, it's definitely the Mean Joe Green commercial because when I was a kid, I was afraid of him. So when I saw that commercial, it, it made me uh, made me feel safe. <laughs> made you feel safe. I like that. Um, as much as I enjoyed the Raging Rapids commercial, because I mean, both of these are kind of a little bit before my time, but it's not that I haven't seen them. I mean, that that Joe Green commercial was was iconic. So it's really hard to pick against it. So I'm going to go that way as well. Brian? I love the Joe Green commercial. I love the TV movie that followed it that um, in 1980 after a Falcons game, the Steelers-Falcons game. But I can't find any record of it on the internet whatsoever. And I've been working hard to find that this week. But I have some concerns about the Coca-Cola commercial. Um, why was that kid alone unaccompanied in the tunnel? Why was Joe Green like, uh, why did he guzzle the whole thing and not not give him any back? And the kid's sulking off all upset about it. Um, then I think about the Raging Rapids commercial. And I just watched it on YouTube um, for a piece I'm doing. Um, and I'm watching that. And it's the first time I've probably seen it since 1985. And it's a hilarious commercial. Myron is sporting. He's he's sporting goggles and a rubber ducky. Jack Lambert is has a, a helmet full of water pouring over his head. And Jack looks absolutely terrified at at a few points. It's just a classic commercial. And as much as I get inspired by Hey Kid Catch, I got to have me some Myron and Jack together, the greatest odd couple in Pittsburgh Steeler history. Uh, I, I can't argue. I understand. That one was a lot of fun too. I guess I went more with the, with the iconic than, than that. So um, I'm going to, unless Tony has an either or question he wants to ask us, or do you just want to be able to answer him? 
Well, I, I'm trying to think of one in my head, and so far I'm, I'm unsuccessful. Oh, okay, so. well, then, I, then I'll go ahead and go, and then we'll double check just to give the opportunity. I know this, we're kind of putting you on the spot, but 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 this was one. I'm I'm going away from the sports realm, and this this is pretty. This is probably a a question that people have been asked an awful lot. But this was, I was bouncing the idea off my wife, and she says, "Well, why don't you ask this?" I said, "Well, I'm just I'm going to take this route." All right, so so you guys get to get to get into your time machine that um, well actually my time machine that I've constructed in my garage. I'll, I'm going to loan it out to you guys, and uh, you're going to get to go in back in time to attend one concert of your choosing. And but but you you have you have limited choices. Are you going to go back in time to yesterday to in order to catch that concert by the Beatles? Or are you going to be putting on your blue suede shoes in order to go back in time to see Elvis? Who wants to jump in on this one first? I can take that. I'm definitely going to go with Elvis because when I was a kid and they announced his death on the air on the news and they sh- they showed him in, in a white jumpsuit, you know, they showed footage of him. I thought that's what people looked like when they went to heaven. So I thought I they were sending him off to heaven. So uh, I'm definitely going to go with Elvis. I like to see him in concert. In the 70s jumpsuit, Elvis. 70s jumpsuit, Elvis. All right, Brian, what, what about you? Guys, I cannot let it be. I have got to take that long and winding road back to yesterday on Penny Lane and go with the Beatles. John, Paul, Ringo, and George, the greatest of all time. I have a soon-to-be 12-year-old son who uh, made me go to the Yesterday movie because he loves the Beatles so much. We've gone to Beatles tribute groups. Um, just, in fact, on the uh, the second night of the draft, I'm watching the draft, writing an article while at a Beatles tribute concert for, with my family because it was, uh, it was something that means so much to them. So for me, I'm a huge Beatles guy. And Hey Jude is the greatest song of all time. Not hey dude. <laughs> that was from the movie, right? Definitely not hey dude. No, thank you, yeah. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed, Ed Sheeran was great in that yeah. movie, by the way. He was really funny. Yeah, yeah. I heard he had a much bigger role than what people expected him to actually have in that. Yeah, so, he, he um, really did. He was a big this part. one was so difficult for me. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, we we might have to have to have to call on on jeff on this one at some point because you know he's also a big music guy i think i know which way he would go i think he's going to side with brian but me ultimately i'm going to have to go with i I have greatest hits albums of both groups i are not both groups both artists i guess i should say but man when when it comes on and really comes down to it I think I would want to go to the concert with my wife and I'm going to go with the one that I know she would definitely enjoy more. So I know for sure that, that I would do it. And I'd probably go this way on my own, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into it. I'm not going to have any kind of suspicious minds. I am, I'm (laughs) going to go all the way down for the jailhouse rock. And I am, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I will not be lonesome tonight and Mm -hmm. I will go see, Elvis Presley with my wife that I, I think that would have been really something to, to, to see back then. And I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I'd go with a seventies jumpsuit Elvis. I don't know. I'd, I'd have oh, I to would. see maybe, I don't know what, at what point I, I would, I would go back. <laughs> That's where you would go for Brian. So you would want oh, to yeah. go, you, you want, you want Vegas Elvis? 
<laughs> I want, I want. So there you know, we go. So uh, Elvis. Tony, we. <laughs> I want Elvis eating. <laughs> well, eating hamburgers off of a, the chest. Oh, of I know you're going to go there. What we talked about last week. <laughs> oh, you brought up Elvis last week. This was your problem, Brian. Uh, that uh, that I, I I when I thought of this question, I said, "Is Brian going to find a way to get that line back into the show?" And as much as we've it talked happened. about the touchdown zone, I guess. I, I guess you're going to have to come back and, and and throw out your own stuff. So, so Tony, <laughs> did you have any luck coming up with something, or do you think we should just end the show with that one? Actually, I, I did think of one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whoever wants to go first is fine. Um, would you would you like would you rather see the Steelers win one more Super Bowl under Ben, or or have the worst record in the NFL, get the number one pick, and find a surefire franchise quarterback? Not knowing you're gonna, they're gonna, uh, he's gonna be good enough to take him to the Super Bowl, but he's gonna be on par with Ben, Terry Bradshaw, those kind of quarterbacks. What would you rather have? Ooh, okay. So Brian, I'm gonna have you answer this one. Do you want to go with another Super Bowl under Ben Roethlisberger, or having that horrendous season and getting that super high draft pick to get the next guy that's gonna lead you for the next decade? How did it work out for the Indianapolis Colts? Um, that's all I got to say. I'm living for the now, not worried about the future. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Um, they might have to wait 10 years, but, uh, it didn't work out in Indy for Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. I want Ben to get that Super Bowl, and I want it now. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm going to agree with you because like you said, how it worked out with Indy that, you know, Peyton Manning was, was injured for the year. They got the number one pick. They got the next guy that was supposed to be, you know, you, you wanted to see Manning move on. How many Super Bowls have they won so far there in Indy with that? So just just having that, I don't think is enough. You've got the, you've got the quarterback that's won two Super Bowls. I say sign me up now, especially because um, j- j- just to give this out with, with for because I know Jeff would make sure he brought this up. Um, the Steelers might already have their next quarterback, the future on the roster, just, just waiting. So, uh, what about you, Tony? I'm going with the Super Bowl with Ben. I think, uh, he gets three. He, he's, uh, he's up there in rarefied air and just another Super Bowl, seeing them win three in what, 15 years. I'd, I'd take that. So yeah, I, 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 I don't Super Bowl under Ben. I think that's a good question. And I think we all answered it. You know, pretty wisely, I've met a lot of Steeler fans that are so worried about life after Ben that they don't even want to enjoy the now. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing it for years that we don't have the next quarterback. We need our next quarterback. You know what? We need to win week one, then week two, then week three, you know, Stop getting so far ahead of yourself. I think that was a fantastic question. So before I send this off, Brian, do you have anything you want to put out there for the for the greater good? Next time we're on, guys are in pads. Well, well, next time you're on, guys will be in pads. The next time we're on for the Steelers preview, they will have already reported to camp. Uh, Tony, anything you want to say after joining us here? Well, I'm just 
thankful I figured out Google Chrome on my uh, laptop, and I'm glad you guys are still on the air. And I can't believe we did another 25 minutes with me on the air. I, I, I'm appreciative. Oh, hey, this this is the preview. This is one that Jeff's like, we'll try to keep it to 40 minutes, and it's usually an hour. So uh, <laughs> here we are. For for those of you that don't know, we are live on YouTube, and therefore you can you can rewatch this this um, this this episode on YouTube. We are also on a whole family of, of, of podcasts, basically anywhere where podcasts are available. You can find us. Um, also in each article with on, on the behind the steel curtain website, you can go in and listen to the podcasts. Um, I'm not as savvy at all that stuff as Jeff and or can list off all the different places you can see it. I just know it's the purple app on my phone. So with, with that said, um, we have, we have here in the off season, we will at least through next week. I know we're, we're, we will continue to bring you uh, the same lineup that we have, which has been five podcasts that we've been doing each week. Um, three of which here live on YouTube, but you can catch them all at our, on our various platforms. And I uh, want to thank both of you guys, Tony, I'm, I was so happy to be here. Although I'm, I'm still the newest podcaster at BTSC. Um, you, you were the newest uh, YouTuber. So it was nice to, to, to not be the rookie for once. So thanks for joining us. And uh, I've got to do it. We've got to send it off um, in the style of Lance Williams to tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you all next week.